California, we are floating on the beyonds. Go until they take my bro and mount them CDCRs. Prison system broken, racial war commotion. Until the president get that, she Vincent won't be voting. We need to meet position equals in that Oval Office. Obama ain't enough for me, we only getting started. The next Bill Gates can be on Section 8 up in the projects. So today, love my dark skin, bitch, I'm going on. What's up, everybody? This is the Sports Throne Podcast. We are back for Season 2. It is the week of June 22nd. We're here recording. Uh, Once again, I am Brandon, your host. I am here with Ryan, also known as Sports Guy Rye Guy, I think still. You still going by that, Ryan, these days? Hundo P, baby. Hell yeah, (laughs) love to hear it. And we have Greg here as well. What's going on, Greg? This is how I win. Nothing has changed since last year. Perfect. Um, Absolutely nothing. We're back. We're doing this again. Season two, I guess we'll call it. Um, And we got a lot of stuff to talk about this time. Unlike last year with with COVID going on, not as many sports going on during this summer. Um, But now we have a lot. Um, So definitely NBA playoffs going on. We'll get into that a bit. Um, Some baseball as well. Baseball's in full swing here. Uh, we will talk big stories around the league right now, some, uh, so, some stuff about your uh, spider tax, sticky stuff that the pitchers have been using. We'll get into that, um, and we'll see from there. Maybe we will uh, talk a little, little, little bit of hockey, um, and we will also recap our incredible Yankee Stadium experience from the other night, from last week. So uh, let's get right into it, boys. Um, we'll start with NBA. Seems to be the hot topic around oh, the country yeah. right now. Um, we just saw the Philadelphia 76ers, the great city of Philadelphia, and their great <coughs> basketball team uh, go ahead and collapse for the most part to the Atlanta Hawks, who uh, Good. also beat our New York Knicks, unfortunately. Um, we, don't, we don't condone that behavior. Fair enough. Um, but anyway, they're, the, the Sixers are gone. Um, they lost, if I'm correct, they lost, of course, Game 7 at home. Did They They won Game 6 in Atlanta, and they did lose, I believe, also Game 5 at home. And you guys can, uh, you can fact check me on that. That but, seems uh, correct. I believe that yeah, the no. road it team actually road won every team game. won at least thing. the last three. Um, Hold on. Let me check that again. <laughs> Pretty sure the road team won every game in that series. Yeah, Let something crazy like that. No, I think Atlanta at least won one of their home oh, no, games. Atlanta won game four at home, but other than that, the road team won every other game. All right. Well, anyways, it was uh, not great for the Sixers. Um, we have learned that Ben Simmons is only in the NBA because of his height. Um, he's certainly struggling a bit. Greg, if you want to uh, go into that a little bit further and get us started off about the current state of the Sixers, have at it. Yeah, so uh, I know Ryan's pretty happy the Sixers are out. I mean, we basically all learned that... Couldn't uh, be happier. We basically learned that Kendall Jenner could not have made a better trade going from Ben Simmons to Devin Booker because he's looking like a stud right now in the playoffs. Um, So, I mean, good for her on that one. But, yeah, Ben Simmons basically is Kevin James from Grown Ups when he's shooting a basketball. Like, he's just so useless. It's like, okay, now you're stuck with a max contract of a guy you can't even have on the floor in the last five minutes of a close game because if they foul him, he's making one out of every three free throws, which is, like, well below league average for people who aren't familiar with uh, free throw percentage. Like, I think right around league average, like, 65-70%, I would, I would estimate in that range. Ben Simmons is half of that. He's just terrible at shooting basketballs. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we definitely saw it firsthand. Um do you now? Do you think this offseason they might try to trade him? And if so, are there any actual suitors out there for Ben Simmons? I saw today that the only team right away that had interest would be the Spurs because Popovich is a psychopath. <laughs> um, yeah, he loves I, them. They they really don't have too many options. It's either teach him how to shoot, uh, somehow send him to China, or trade into the Spurs. I, I don't know any other fin- scenario that they're going to have to get rid of that contract. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I did see that today. I think it was like Bruce Brown was like, oh, Greg Popovich will 100% take him um, and trade anybody for him. So, I mean, what if it's like the, the whole Markel Fultz thing where he goes to another team, they fix him, and then he's actually good on a really like mediocre bad team, kind of like the Magic did with Fultz. Um, 
I could see that happening with like a Spurs, a Bulls, a, you know, something like that where it's really he's not going to be in the spotlight anymore, but um, could maybe a team will fix him essentially. All right, well, to touch on two things you said there, I'll let Ryan get his two cents in. Um, but he, A, is not really in the spotlight right now because Embiid's the star of that team and an MVP that, candidate. True, yeah. So he doesn't really have the pressure of being the top guy. So mm-hmm. that that's an excuse he doesn't really have right now. And on top of that, it's not the same as a Markel Fultz situation because Markel Fultz was just coming off an injury that's and true, was too. very unproven. Ben Simmons has already been an all-star in the league, and now he just booty. Like it's two different scenarios. Like yeah, he yeah. forgot how to play basketball halfway through the season, and very much so in the playoffs. And now <laughs> they're stuck with him. Yeah, Marco Fultz was the, like, "All right, we just need to t- un- like tap into that potential that yeah, you had coming out of the." Draft. I think just, I yeah, what I I think more of just the similarities of potentially shipping him to another team, and then maybe he'll figure it out. But that's pretty much it. You're right. Yeah, the whole the Fultz situation was more injury versus just not being good when you're be more to like be Julius Randle. Yeah. Than Marco sure. Fultz, to be honest. And uh, Ryan, if you want to chime in as well, feel free. Oh, absolutely. So as someone who, you know, despises the city of Philadelphia and has now witnessed they lose their supposed franchise quarterback and now could potentially lose their franchise, you know, NBA player, aside from Embiid, that... Uh, franchise point card <laughs> i don't know it's it's kind of funny to see because you know coming into the season you know they thought trust the process this is uh, this is the process bro and they've had these horrifically disappointing you know playoff exits in the last four years and i don't know just seeing seeing that brought a little smile to my face because i hate that city and i uh i hate their teams and i hope you know nothing but the worst to them but uh, you know, I can only imagine they have to move on from Ben Simmons this offseason. He not only looked useless in that Game 7, but, I mean, you're seeing, you know, the head coaches throwing him under the bus. Everyone is absolutely destroying him in the media right now. Get him out of there. Get him out of there. Trade him away. He does not deserve a spot on an NBA team after that performance last night. I saw SNY posted an article saying that the Knicks should be suitors for him, and I was absolutely floored and disgusted by even the thought of that. Yeah, but let's not. Let's not do that. But, you know, we'll uh, we'll see. I, all I'm saying is I just have absolutely uh, – I have no remorse for uh, the city of Philadelphia, and they totally choked this series. They were up by 16 – you know, in Game 5, and you're in your home stadium, you are supposedly the number one seed, much like, you know... Um, but what I'm just saying is it's it really is baffling to me that they, they blew this series the way they did. And we should also attest, too, look, the Hawks played them damn well. Even when Trey Young didn't have his best game, you know, his best games, they were still able to find ways to win, and the 76ers just couldn't you know, come together and really Mm -hmm. win that series when they had every opportunity to. It was a whole Doc Rivers blew it. You know, Ben Simmons blew it. And at least Embiid, who, uh, what, he had like a torn meniscus or something like that? At least he came out and tried to help them. So absolute failure on Ben Simmons, absolute failure on Doc Rivers, absolute failure on the 76ers. The process is done. End it, rebuild, go on. You lose. You suck. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Rest in peace, the process. Um, could see Philly blow it up a little bit this year, you know, try to build something new. Um, I'm sure, you know, they're, they're not going anywhere. They're still going to be at the top of the conference year in and year out. But uh, you can definitely see some changes, I bet, coming soon. Um, so, anyway, the, uh, the Atlanta Hawks, kind of a bit of a surprise team this year for sure, as uh, we remember how how poorly they started the season, um, and then they hired Nate McMillan as their interim head coach, turned it around, and now they are making a serious playoff run, um, and they are going to play the Milwaukee Bucks, who uh, just finished up a seven-game series against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, pretty exciting series. Um 
pretty uh pr pretty great i would say the last couple of games were, were very exciting games um i know some criticized said the quality of basketball wasn't great down the stretch but uh i think we did see that uh kevin durant is currently the probably the best player on this planet right now um regardless of the final score of game seven um but certainly a great series and if you guys have anything to add to that um feel free yeah, so uh, to go first off, uh, so Nate McMillan's a pretty good basketball coach. Um, the Pacers are really, really <laughs> stupid for getting rid of him for pretty much no reason. Um, I mean, I don't really follow the Pacers because, like, who actually cares about the state of Indiana? But either way, like, he never really did bad there, as far as I know. Like, they were consistently competitive, and they got rid of him, and I'm pretty sure their new coach is going to be out after one year. So it's like, that's a really bad job. McMillan literally pulled a Mike Woodson from the 2012-2013 Knicks, came in, interim head coach, at their really bad start, and same thing. Led yeah. to a ridiculously good finish to the season, and now they're making a playoff run. So, I mean, there's a lot of parallels in those two teams. Mm -hmm. um, the one thing I will say, Trey Young, I despise him, but he owned us so badly that I genuinely don't know if I could ever trust the Knicks in the playoffs again because I just demoralized so much from that series. But the one good news that we saw, obviously, coming from the NBA now is they're looking at changing those foul rules for next yeah, year. Yeah, that just came out today. So I think they actually are. They um, they confirmed that today with the uh, the foul pawning, some might call it. Yeah, Trey Young, James Harden, and Joel Embiid are, are weeping very heavily on that one. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. But yeah, definitely. I think uh, Nate McMillan, I think he's still technically the interim coach there. Um, I'm, yeah, he's not official yet. Yeah, I'm pretty shocked that they haven't given him the official status, but there's no Ew. way in hell that they're going to like not give him that status after the season. I mean, they, they have to. He's been fantastic for them and just getting the best out of those players in that team. Um, for sure. How about the Nets, though? They... Uh, ha! The... <laughs> Failure. Ha! Absolute failure. Absolute we, failure. Um, we, we, we really thought they, I mean, of course, coming into the season, they have, well, I shouldn't say coming into the season because Harden was acquired during the season. But early on, you know, Durant, Harden, Irving, it was like this team is 100% going to win the championship or go to the championship and play the Lakers, LOL. Um, but injuries derailed them a bit for sure. Um, Kyrie was out most of the playoffs. Harden was definitely nowhere near 100%. Um, and we saw they uh, they went wire to wire with the Bucks, and down they went, unfortunately. Um, but once again, I think just seeing like prime Durant again on the court was absolutely fantastic, regardless of the outcome. No, I, I totally agree. Look, the, <laughs> aside from the season being a complete failure, let's yeah. let's call it as it is. It was an absolute failure for the Nets. But, look, you're seeing Kevin Durant, especially in, what was it, Game 5? He was absolutely unreal. And I even thought to myself, like, don't even play him or Harden or anyone else in Game 6 in Milwaukee. Just save them all for Game 7 so they can maybe be a slightly no. healthy bit. But, you, don't do that. you know what? I know you don't. I obviously don't. You, you don't, don't do that. You don't punt playoff games, especially game six, bro. You're trying to end it. I understand you don't do that, but still, what I'm saying is, like, if you're able to come back to, you know, Brooklyn game seven, like, why not try and give it a shot? I think, though, what really did it in for this series was guys like, uh, you know, not just not stepping up. And obviously, injuries totally derailed them. Joe Harris, especially. Being Ooh, yeah. an absolute letdown for them, a guy that you're paying seventy million dollars over the course of four years, just being un absolutely useless in the playoffs when you need him to step up. When guys like Kyrie are out, when and it's, you're saying, you know, obviously James Harden was a huge help for them during the regular season, and they needed him clearly. But the guys that you traded away for that deal, they could have been absolutely beneficial to you, like in games like this where you have Kyrie out and you know you're missing guys like that. And now look, you're dealing with an off season where you could potentially lose Dinwiddie to a slew of teams that are looking for a point guard right now. To the it's exactly the Knicks. Are, yeah, I I would be all in on that. Yeah, but, so. The main thing, too, Ryan, about Game 7, the Nets had zero points off their bench. Zero. 
So I'm looking at the box score again just to see the minutes breakdown. Jeff Green played 13 minutes, and Landry Shamet or Shamet, however you pronounce it, uh, played seven minutes. Jeez. Other than that, the starters covered all the minutes of the game. Durant, Harden, and Bruce Brown all played 52 plus minutes in that game. That's Harris played 47, and Blake Griffin played 40. And they had not one bench point. And really the craziest like... part is the Bucks did pretty much the same thing. <laughs> the only person who scored off the Bucks bench was Pat Connaughton. And they only had. And Denasis Antetokounmpo played one minute. Bryn Forbes played five. But outside of that, they only had a rotation yeah. of five guys and Connaughton as a six man. So yeah. both teams were relying heavily on their starters. And it just came down to the Nets having very injury prone stars. I mean, yeah, it, sure. they're all really good players when they're healthy, but. Durant, Harden, and Kyrie are all not able to stay on the court for an entire season. It seems like at this point in their careers, it's like yeah. it seems at like least once the, a year they're missing at least a week or two. Yeah, the Nets and the Bucks have a very similar style of play. It feels like, uh, which kind of made it how you know seem like how evenly matched they were for that series. Um, I personally don't think we're going to get a better series out of the you know the two semifinals and then of course the championship series left than that nets Bucks series and just, like, how close most of the games were and how exciting they were. Um, but anyway, to stay on the East, I think we should do some predictions for the rest of the way. Um, so we'll start with the Eastern Conference. So we have Bucks and Hawks. Um, let's give our prediction of who's going to win the Eastern Conference Finals and in how many games, whoever wants to start. I'll let Ryan Ooh. go first. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll go first. You know, everyone, if I'm being totally honest with you, I'm, I, I, I think this is going to be a lot closer series than some people are thinking. Oh, yeah. I might even go as far as to say, like, I, I think it might be Bucks and Seven or something like that. I think Atlanta's going to obviously be mischievous and, you know, a pain in the ass throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. And I don't think you should... I don't think you should count them out whatsoever. I think it'll come down to the wire. I think this team, obviously, they just beat the one seed, you know, Philadelphia 76ers. I think if you're telling me the Nets lost the way they did in this series, uh, I think the Hawks and the Bucks are going to play to the very last second. And I think uh, I, I think the Bucks will eventually just, you know, come out and win. I think they're a team that's been destined for, you know, an NBA Finals for a few years now. Uh I gotta say, I, I think it's it'll be Bucks and seven. Hmm. That's a very, very fair assessment. Um Greg, all you. Um unbiased opinion, Bucks and four. Uh <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. So I, I think it's gonna be Bucks and six. Um I don't really see the Hawks making it to the seventh game. Um I don't think they really have anyone to match up with Giannis because mm-hmm. Trey Young is this point guard counterpoint, and Trey Young is not a good defender. I know they have like Clint Capella down low, but who's going to guard Giannis at the top of the key? I, I they have a couple of solid defenders, but no one has his length uh, and height, and I I think he's going to be a big problem for them for the whole series. Um, they've done a pretty good job of neutralizing other team stars so far. Outside of like, I mean, Joel Embiid did pretty good, but. Other than that, it's been kind of hit or miss. I mean, we saw how much they locked down Julius Randle. Um, I, I think it's going to be Bucks and six. I think the games are all going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I don't see it really going to a seventh game, personally. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably the consensus around most people that, uh, you know, it, it, the, the, the Hawks are an extremely pesky team. Um, they're probably going to give the Bucks a bit of problems. Um, I could see them winning, you know, one, two games, maybe three games. Um, but I honestly, I, I feel like in the end, the Bucks just are the better team. They're, you know, I, I think the Hawks, a young team like that, is eventually just going to kind of run out of gas. And, um, you know, when the Hawks end up winning this series, feel free to keep this clip for freezing cold takes. Um, but I do think the Bucks are going to win in probably six. I just think the Hawks, as pesky as they are, are going to run out of gas. And the Bucks just with more playoff experience, too. And just, you know, the, the um, experience and talent on that end, too. Um, well, we'll take them to the finals. 
<laughs> yeah, so, I don't really have much more to add on that one. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see. Suns Clippers, that's the other one at this point. And we already are a game win. We don't it's, have Chris Paul playing right now. He's been out. We don't doesn't know why. He's probably not. Suns in four. <laughs> you know, the memes are there for Suns in four, <laughs> but I would not be shocked in the slightest if it was Suns in four. Yeah, this one's tough to tell just with the, you know, their stars out, but the Suns, like, as young of a team, once again, that they are, and just, they've been so good the whole season, they're just breezing through the playoffs right now, it just seems impossible to stop them, especially when you have a Clippers team without your superstar and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, they're a well-coached team, they're all young guys, so they can churn out a ton of minutes, and Mm -hmm. they're all really solid, they're a very deep team. Um, that's why I, I, I'm going to say Suns in five if Chris Paul comes back before game three. I don't really know what his timeline is. I think it's only yeah. a week now you have to be out for COVID due to us having uh, more information than we did prior when it was two weeks after every COVID thing. But anyway, if Chris Paul is back before game three, I think this is over in five. Uh, I, yeah, I'm on the same boat as Greg. I think just it's – I mean, I, I legitimately think it could be Suns in four, but I do have a feeling that it'll probably – It'll be over with quick, you know, and I feel bad for my friend that's a Clippers fan, but, uh, you know, I, friend that's I just a Clippers don't. Fan. Yeah, dude, Jack, man. What's he doing uh, with himself? Sounds like a bandwagoner to me. <laughs> no, he's, he's diehard, believe Jack, what are you not. doing with your life, man? <laughs> but I got to say, it's probably going to, I really do think it, I think it'll be Suns, Suns in four or five. I, I just don't see how this Suns team doesn't, you know doesn't just cream through right you know right to them but mm-hmm. you know i and this is the interesting thing and this is where I, I guess i'll end off on the nba today it i just i'm happy to see that four potential teams that you know are going to be in the finals are teams that are going to be ending significant droughts potentially mm-hmm. and i think that alone is just uh, i don't know that's a cool thing we're so used to seeing you know, Warriors, Lakers, you know, you had the Miami Heat in it last year. Yeah, like, we got you're seeing teams the same teams. It's good to see some fresh teams that no one's seen in a while. I'm sure the ratings are not going to be as good, but, <laughs> you know, who cares? We're sports fans. We're going to watch it regardless. It's all right. So. Fresh set of superstars no, yeah. kind of uh, emerging this playoff. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. exactly. My biggest problem with the NBA has always been parity. It seems like it's the same four teams yeah. in the finals every year. Rotating, starting to out. shift a little bit though. It's starting to shift a little bit. I think that kind of happened. I mean, obviously the Nets decided to be a bunch of assholes again and form another super team. But <laughs> prior to them doing that, it was kind of like a we went from the super team era to the duo era, and like I'd say four out of five teams in the league would all have yeah. a solid duo of stars. And it was going to look like it could really be anyone's league. Obviously, the Nets decided to become a bunch of assholes, and they still <laughs> lost because they can't stay healthy, so screw yeah. them. And then, but, I mean, in any other year without injuries, like, look at the Lakers. They'll obviously be contending right to the end, I'm sure. Even the Warriors, if you had Steph and Clay Thompson both healthy, along with everybody else, of course, they'd you know probably be up in there, too. Yeah. Um, so I think it is a little bit of a unique year, but... I mean, regardless, still, like, look how many games the Jazz won, the Suns won, Bucks. Like, look at the Hawks, for example. Um, you just never know. And it's good to see, I think, a whole new batch of, you know, young players, young stars, and just new teams kind of getting that playoff experience. Even the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, just look at the exactly. rosters of the four teams left. I mean, I personally think that the best crop of players on any of the four teams left is the Suns overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, their three best players arguably are – I mean, Aiden probably is arguably in there, but definitely Paul and Booker is what, clearly. But then the Bucks have Giannis and Chris Middleton. Then they have a bunch of really solid guys around, like Brooke Lopez and uh, and a bunch of other solid best players like Connaughton. Yeah, they have a very solid team, but I think the Suns probably have the best team left. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucks made a run and won it all against the Suns, if my predictions hold out correct. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, for sure, I for think sure. A lot of the teams left are fairly evenly matched, um, but that I think that could segue into. It seems like we have a general consensus of it's going to be the Suns versus the Bucks in the finals. If that does happen, who do you think is going to win, and in how many games? Let's go to that. Ryan, you want to start it off again? Sure, sir. Uh, I mean. I mean, look, if if I if I no, I'm going to stick with my predictions. Obviously, it'll be, I think Phoenix, uh, Bucks. <clears throat> Got to say, 
I think, you know, that'll be a great series if it's the Suns and the Bucks, two teams that, you know, are looking to end, you know, significant droughts and, you know, have incredible superstar talent on them. Uh, I got to go, I got to go Bucks and seven, you know, as crazy as it sounds. I just, I, I think the Bucks have what it takes, you know, obviously I think the Suns have the superstar talent, but mm-hmm. I think the Bucks, you know, they, they've been looking for this for a while. The Suns, mm-hmm. you know, are on the precipice of being like that next, like incredible team. I just think the Bucks, I, th- I think they might come out on top. Yeah. I think, um, that that that's certainly a good point i think too like like a team that's never really or i shouldn't say never but hasn't been this far like this deep into the playoffs you know this quickly with like a new batch of guys it just seems like the not necessarily like the luck but you know just it's it, it's gonna run out eventually um and you, you'll see like a more experienced team end up just beating them in big games like that but yeah i think if the two faced off it's gotta go to six or seven games and i do think the bucks have the slight edge just you know with Giannis and all the depth they have um but yeah I mean regardless of who wins I would love to see you know a six to seven game NBA finals rather than a sweep or just five game series yeah I think uh what I really want to see so badly is CP3 finally win a championship yeah so I I would my ideal scenario I don't think it's necessarily going to happen I'm going to make a bold claim and say Suns and six over the Bucks um obviously that could change depending on injuries and whatnot. But as it stands right now, assuming everyone's left on their rosters that's healthy, saying Suns in six, and I'm going to say CP3 is the finals MVP. Yeah, mm. I, could, I, could, I could see it. I wanted oh, yeah, to, I want it to I, go I, seven I like games that, that would be because cool. I want to have really seven cool. games. Yeah. Pretty, pretty great for him. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll see going forward. we got two big series starting soon. Yeah. Um, so that should be that should certainly be exciting, and then that'll segue us right into the uh, the Olympics and uh, watching the uh, you know the Olympic basketball. See if the U.S. can uh, come back and end up winning Team gold USA. again. I swear, if they don't win gold with you know the roster that they're how can have, they not? No, I mean, if they don't win gold with this roster, everyone on that roster should not go back to the NBA. <laughs> We're sending to the Guangdong Tigers. <laughs> Ni hao. Ni hao. Oh, they, God. They're, they're, going, they're going all the way to the goal. I'm sending the entire U.S. Olympic team to China to play in that league if they Shanghai don't win this Sharks, goddamn. Baby. If they don't win the goddamn gold medal, they should be ashamed of themselves because they yeah. have far and away the best roster of any country right yeah, now. definitely. Especially because Dudu Ben Simmons ain't playing for the Australia team. So, I don't really... <laughs> I, it's hey, just, um, I mean, Spain's got a good team. Uh, no, there's good teams, but... The U.S. Yeah, team, the starting five, and their best three bench players. Yeah. Their best three bench players could probably be starters in any other country's team. So Realistically, I, I, like they should be blowing out every country that they face. No, I personally don't think any game should be close. Yeah, they probably will be, which will be fun. But Yeah, no, it, it's going to be close. But assuming everyone who's locked into play <laughs> stays locked into play. Like, what do we have? We, we were looking at yesterday. It was like Durant's playing, Beal's playing. Uh, CP3 is gonna play as long as no, the Suns. He, oh, he, he, um, he acted out. He, I, I think he pulled out, or he's not like decided yet because of that. But um, either way, they have Dame in there, uh, and, and yeah, I, think I mean, you could throw anybody in there, and they should still be the favorites. Yeah, I mean, and Bam obviously is a pretty good young player to throw it yeah. as the as the anchor and center. But either way, quick touch on the Olympics because that's a couple weeks down the line. Hell yeah! The U.S. should steamroll everyone, and we should assert our dominance again. Maybe we'll get Julius Randle on the roster. Uh, I don't know if I want uh, that. I don't want any Knicks on that roster. I want them yeah, all rest. I, I don't want to see better. Julius Randle for a few months after you know his pathetic performance uh, in the yeah, playoffs. So. After his dubious true. handles. It, it would be I'm cool, really but fan. yeah, let's uh, we can give him a rest. Is, is RJ playing for Canada? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good for him. Maybe Stupid Canada will Canadians. qualify this year. Um, Canada has a solid... I'd say Canada probably has the second best starting lineup. You think so? Yeah, because they have they have RJ and Wiggins, and then they also have a few other guys who like were randomly on the Canadian team, and I did not realize yeah. it. Let me double check their roster game while you guys because I think else. like Canada usually doesn't even qualify for the Olympics, so well, that's I, I mean I can't imagine they, they don't yeah. this year. They're just a bunch of snow people who play hockey usually. <laughs> but they gave us RJ, so now Canada's okay. Uh, I was reading something that you Giannis probably isn't going to commit to play for Greece, so that's going to 
more There's than no likely to, take man. Greece. Out yeah, of why would he making the the Olympics? So that like opens up a spot for Canada. <laughs> okay, so I'm I don't looking get at why the all Canadian, these. Uh... Suns players are committing to the Olympics. Yeah. Like, do they already know that they're they're <laughs> going to the lose players. or something? Middle, Middleton and Drew Holiday both committed. Yeah, why? I I don't know. Like, why would you want to play and then in potentially a couple weeks later you have to start playing with the whole yeah, no. batch of guys? So I meanwhile, like all these guys there, are complaining but... that you know they're freaking. You know, like, oh, we didn't get enough time to rest in the offseason yet. Oh, uh, but, oh, yeah, you'll very much go play in the Olympics for gold. What? Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on. I, I have a feeling a lot of those guys are going to back out, if especially if they make the finals. Oh, for sure they will. Absolutely. They have to. Well, obviously. It's also pretty cool that uh, Luka Doncic is playing for, uh, oh, God, Slovenia? Slovenia. Is that it? I have no idea. I'm just pulling that out of my ass. <laughs> Greg, you have that. Uh, yeah, so they up. don't have their finalized roster yet. They're still doing it like the U.S. But right now in their camp, here are some of the NBA players you might recognize. So obviously R.J. Barrett and Andrew Wiggins, probably the two mm-hmm. biggest names. And then probably those next tier names, I put Corey Joseph, Dwight Powell, uh, Lugentz Dort, Trey Lyles, <laughs> Michael Mulder, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Those are like the main names they have there. Like the, I think the Canadian team could probably make a sneaky run at like a a, a bronze medal or something. Yeah, they can. They're make. not going to set the world on fire, but they definitely don't have a walkover roster compared to other countries. Like yeah. they won't beat the U.S., but they'll probably beat most of the other countries with that team. Yeah. I have some breaking news, by the way. Oh, breaking news! Break it! Break breaking it. news! Um, NBA draft lottery just happened. Who got we the first number? I'll go. I'll go top four here. So, number four, Toronto Raptors. Gross. Number three pick, Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers. Gross again. Number two pick, Houston Rockets. Wait, is the are the Pistons first? Number one, the Detroit Pistons. Oh my god! Oh my god! The number. It's a bad draft class. Who cares? Going to go to the Detroit Pistons. So we're gonna have to watch the Pistons if we want to watch Cade Cunningham. That's gonna really suck. Yeah, yeah that's stinks. Isn't he? I think he's no emerging as the uh, the first overall pick here. Yeah, but, it's uh, not exactly a deep draft class. It's certainly not. As bad as some others have been in relatively recent years. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's 2013 draft class level bad. <laughs> but in retrospect, that 2013 class has produced some solid, like, role players. So while it didn't really have any stars, there have been some longevity in some of the guys in that draft class, which I, I'll go no, on the course. exact list. Um, but, yeah, so I, I th- Cade Cunningham is probably the, the consensus number one pick right now. Um, and mm-hmm. then that guy Mobley out of USC, I would probably think is second or third behind him. But there, yeah. there are some solid guys that you can find at the those, top of that um, draft. Those G League guys, too, um, like Jalen Green and Jonathan Kaminga, will get picked pretty high, I'd imagine, also. But yeah, I yeah, think I'm both of sure them will be top that. five picks. Yeah, yeah we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do an NBA draft uh, preview slash review as we get a little bit closer. But um, Oh, for sure, for sure. But yeah, Look, I'm just yeah. happy to say that I, we don't have to stress about the NBA lottery. Yeah, the Knicks yes. lost in the first round in a brutal way, but I'd much rather take the playoffs than saying, oh my God, I hope we get the in the top five you yeah. know, this year and, and throwing my hat on the league, ground. And then getting like the number nine pick. Exactly, and then throwing my hat on the ground when <laughs> we don't get the pick that you know we were hoping for. Yeah, I, I don't it's, need that. it's a nice change of pace. And you know, Jackson will like this, our resident Jackson Aaron, also known as Conan O'Brien's illegitimate son. Uh, <laughs> the Knicks right now, based on Tankathon, who are pretty cool, website to follow for all the mock drafts and stuff like that are projected to take Sharif Cooper with one of their two picks late in the draft so mm-hmm. that'd be a good point guard option for us potentially if, if he works out I like that I like um, that. yeah I mean obviously it's just a mock draft but I know Jackson would be pretty happy if that happened but yeah so I did find the 2013 draft class and I can go through some of the names that ended up being uh, pretty good players out of it if you guys want me to list off a few absolutely real quick. so in terms of people who ended up being all-stars uh in the order they were taken Oladipo was the second pick. He was an all-star. Mm-hmm. Giannis was the 15th pick. Wow. And Rudy oh, wow. Gobert was the 27th pick. Wow. And here are some of the other names taken in the first round. Uh, Otto Porter Jr., Nerlens Noel, Contavious Caldwell-Polk, McCollum was the 10th pick. Steven Adams was 12th. Kelly Olenek, 13th. Um, Dennis Schroeder was the 17th pick. Uh let me see here. Solomon Hill was the 23rd pick. Tim Hardaway, the 24th. Reggie Bullock, the 25th. <laughs> so, like, it wasn't, like, a stud draft class by any means. Yeah. But 
there were a bunch of guys who were on playoff teams this year that were picked in 2013. So <laughs> it got a lot of flack in the few years following it, but after having some longevity behind it, I think there deserves to be a second look, and a fun episode for us might be redrafting that 2013 class. I think we should try Ooh, and do that. That does sound fun. And, yeah, it seems like a lot of, like, sounds like a uh, obviously a couple superstars, but a lot of role players came out of that. Like, not necessarily, like, busts, but just, well, like, that's what I'm saying. guys who've had solid careers. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not – it wasn't a draft that produced stars, but there's definitely been some longevity and some solid careers made yeah, out of definitely. that draft class. And there were other guys, too, I didn't even mention, like Lucas Nogira, uh, Ben McLemore. I don't even know if I said Kelly Olenek or not, and then Andre Roberson were all in that draft class in the first round. So like, yeah. it, it was it was they, a very good draft for finding like role players if that's yeah. the way you want to look at. And then obviously you had Gobert, Giannis, and Victor Oladipo sprinkled in there, and, and CJ. Yeah, McCollum I think that would be well. a clear like redraft top three. Yeah, I would I'd probably put Giannis one, Victor Oladipo two, Gobert three, and McCollum four, and then after yeah, that easily. Who gives help, and then it's kind of yeah. like significant gap. Yeah, it's just based on need at that point. But yeah, either way, that'd be a fun thing to do uh, maybe in the future or something fun like that. Fun thing? <laughs> ting. I, I, Tingus, you know, man, I'm a lot. They drafted who? Not that. But uh, yeah, no, but just that was, we got a little sidetracked there, but I, that was a fun That's tidbit. Okay. That That's I, okay. I remembered. I just, I, I was thinking to myself the other day, it's like, that draft class wasn't too bad because yeah. I remember seeing a lot yeah. of names pop up. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more NBA draft uh, as we get closer to the actual draft this summer. Um, for sure. Should we talk some baseball? I think we have to talk some You baseball. know I'm all there, baby. You know I'm all there. So, um, Chicken buckets, baby. Chicken buckets. Um, before we get to that, though, how about some uh, some sticky stuff on uh, the baseballs? Right, first of off, the pause. Pitchers. All right, but second off. Yeah, so um, the MLB is doing everything in its power to make the players and fans hate the league itself. Um. So, here's here's the funny thing. I don't really care if pitchers use sticky stuff, and it seems a lot of hitters don't either. They'd rather have the pitcher control a 98-mile-an-hour fastball instead of throwing it at them. Um, I just think if you're going to let them use that, just juice the freaking balls again. Like, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't <laughs> see why we can't just do both things like we had last year. It was perfectly fine last year and the year before. I don't get why we can't go back to that. Like, no one cared until then. Like, all right, spin rate was a thing, and obviously everyone was using something. Not everyone, but I yeah. would say it seems based on a widespread response in the league. Like, no one really cared, and everyone knew people were using it. Um, guys like Glasnow and Garrett Cole came out as using it. I think Adam Wainwright was connected to it, too. I mean, just a I bunch feel of like guys. Just, just about every, you know, every elite or just good pit, you know, it's just something they use. And yeah, it's funny how, like, the batters don't really seem to have too big of a problem with it. Like, from what mm-hmm. I heard, they're like, yeah, it's, it's fine, whatever, you know. Um, so that that's certainly interesting. And now they're, yeah, they're just cracking down with these routine checks throughout the game. And now, So stupid. Yeah, Scherzer has already thrown a fit today, and I think Joe Girardi <laughs> had them check him again just yeah, I, to I, I did. I kind of throw him that. off and see. Yeah. Freaking Joe Girardi, what, um, what that now, does. You know Tyler Glasnow of the Tampa Bay Rays got his he had a UCL tear and he was crediting that to uh, you know suddenly you know feeling different when pitching because he wasn't using yeah that's a load of shit I think yeah that's that's a little little bit extreme I'm sure yeah it does feel a little bit different but it's not going to cause you to tear UCL injury like previously like that right like I I think think he's a little bit injury prone I just it's like I can understand making it feel weird. Mm-hmm. But I don't see the direct correlation to you then yeah. promptly tearing UCL in the first inning you pitch it. after doing it. Like I, I think you, obviously there's some frustration on his part. He's a really good pitcher, and now he has to probably get Tommy John surgery. Is what it's looking like again. Um, so that kind of sucks for fans and for Rays yeah. fans. I mean, obviously as a Yankees fan, I don't want good things to happen to the Rays, but I certainly don't really want people to get injured as much as I commonly joke about stupid shit like that. <laughs> don't don't really want to see good yeah. players go down because I'm a First thing first, I'm a fan of baseball, and I'd rather all the good players play. So, I think the, the the sport itself has a lot of bad press simply for making the league not fun. So, they need to do everything in their power to keep it fun. No, absolutely. I mean, the way I look at this whole sticky stuff situation, I think. Look, I don't think I I don't think putting pine tar on the ball is a bad thing at all. I think if Mm -hmm. the batters are using pine tar to keep a grip on the bat and maybe some pitchers using pine tar just to have a better grip on the ball, that's fine. 
I think the issue becomes when these guys are using literal glue to yeah. stick their fingers to the ball to purposely increase the spin rate and absolutely, you know, make hitters look like absolute chumps this season. Now, look, the MLB deaded the ball, and that clearly hasn't helped them either. But I think, one, juicing the ball would uh, would help things a bit. But I do think banning substances that are literally gluing their finger like i don't know if you guys have seen the pictures of like now people like using the spider tack stuff it's crazy it's it's insane and i think that was the issue that pitchers were having was look they don't care about the pine tar they care more Mm -hmm. about like glue on the balls after they hit a foul ball (laughs) you know just spinning around like crazy you know on the in the dirt and no one's saying anything but it's also on the mlb who went around the league and asked you know and told pitchers hey we're not gonna investigate you like blah blah blah. just you know try and tone it back and the mlb were the idiots that you know went around and told guys we're not gonna investigate you don't worry and now they're all doing this to make the players look bad right before a whole you know players union dispute next year which is i i really think is going to be you know a huge point of you know contention going into these negotiations next year but I think, look, pine tar, that's cool and dandy. The rosin, you know, sunscreen mixture, I think that's fine, too. Why a guy should be able to wear sunscreen and, you know, <laughs> use a rosin bag to help out. That's what it's there for. Yeah. If the combination of those things, you know, makes it, you know, kind of sticky on the hand, figure out something to, you know, fix that. But I think banning, you know, substances that glue your fingers to the ball for increased spin rate, mm-hmm. I think that's something, you know, they can absolutely, you know, ban and take away and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there has to be, like, a line drawn somewhere, but, you know, I, I don't know if baseball is good to do that. You know, pick, like, okay, these substances you can't use, but just these kind of typical things you can. I I don't know. Ba- like, the MLB is just... the They're so broken about all this stuff with that and the you know, the, the juiced baseballs or the dead baseballs and the all Manfred's special rules now. I just, I don't know. They're just oblivious as to what people want, it seems like. No, absolutely. And I think Rob Manfred, too, is just, he's totally botched all kinds of things. Look, I, I, I think, you know, obviously last season, some of these rules that they kept moving forward are mm-hmm. just abysmal. I get some players like the seven-inning doubleheaders because who wants to play 18 innings of a baseball game in one day? That's a debate that I'll, you know, I'll sit down and die with, you know, to the day I die. If it's for player safety, especially after witnessing more than half of my team go down on the IL right now, you know, it's I'll I'll take what I can get, I guess, regarding that. But the runner on second stuff, the Nobody, you know the, not one the three that. batter minimum for nope. pitchers, the, it's useless. the like, and they say they want to have pace of they want to watch the pace of play, they want the pace of play right. to be good, but yet you're now it's, having routine checkups for um, for these yeah, pitchers, it, it, like it's it's never the, the really pace of play is never gonna change. Like there's always gonna be things like pitchers, yeah, they're they're gonna take their sweet time on the mound, they're gonna you know throw pickoffs, they're gonna. You know, things like that. The reliever, you know how it goes. Once you get later into a game, they keep changing pitchers. Relievers come in. They can't seem to throw strikes. It takes forever. Like, unless you drastically change the sport of baseball, the pace of play isn't going to change. And I think they just have to accept that. And, you know, the baseball fans you have now, just about all of them are perfectly fine with how the rules were. I don't think there's any need to keep changing it because you're going to start losing the fans you already have. And I don't think you're going to gain anybody by trying to shorten the game or, you know, speed up the game or whatever. So it's just once again, I know this is we're getting off on a tangent on a rant about MLB and Rob Manfred being oblivious. But uh, it's uh, it's certainly frustrating to the fans. Yeah, no, so absolutely. Overall, all, I I could say a lot of things about yeah. the MLB and sticky stuff, but just for sake of time and everyone's <laughs> yeah, it's a it, it, we could literally talk for hours about I, just the I just saw the video of Scherzer them trying to change baseball, but uh, yeah, I mean what what's going around uh, what's going on around the league right now? Diamondbacks, seventeen <laughs> straight losses, right? 
They won the The Diamondbacks are a very unserious franchise. <laughs> they they, they lost should, so uh, many games in a row. I don't even remember the exact number. It was just so many. They yeah, they lost seventeen in a row, and I seventeen in a row. Like, Four and nine in their last forty-four games or some something like that. Um, really bad, not good. Not to mention Haven't... their losing streak was just uh, not counting their home losses. On top of that, their losing streak on the road was like twenty something. Yeah, the Yankees. Yeah, they lost twenty something straight. Since the last time the Diamondbacks had won a road game, I believe. Uh, it's That's unreal. Insane. They're trying to like they're trying to match the freaking 1962 Mets. Like that is how bad they are right now. Yeah. They're doing everything they can to replicate that. And what's crazy too is they have a really good core of bats. Yeah. It is just their pitching is so, so banged up and so mm-hmm. hurt. It's unreal. And it's like sad because they have this great core of, you know, hitters and position players that you're gonna you're, they're gonna have to break up at least some of them because yeah. there's no way you can uh, you, you can sell. keep a guy like Cattell Marte or you know mm-hmm. like you know stuff like that you can't keep those guys when right. you have you teams well that'll get be some, very uh, get some prospects get some, back yeah get some prospects get like slow, some pitching anything yeah, but, the Diamondbacks uh, it's, look like it's, they're it's prime like for almost, like, the number one pick. You, that's like almost unheard of, like losing like forty of your last forty-five games in Major League Baseball. It's just, just like that, crazy. Absolutely. You realize crazy. how bad you have to be to do that? Exactly. Like a Major League team. It's, I just, it's unfathomable. But uh, hey, they won last night. Maybe they'll uh, they'll get on a winning streak tonight. So uh, we'll, oh, bigger yeah, story. We'll <laughs> the biggest story here is that the Angels are still at 500 and not totally tanking yeah. it this far without into the season. Trout, without Mike yeah. Trout in there, too. Shohei is the new Mike Trout? Question mark? <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Mike Trout oh, pretty much going to be the greatest player of all time if he can stay on the field. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Otani's really been really cool to watch. And I, side on Otani, I am so excited to watch the home run derby in Colorado this yes. year. There are going to be so many 500-foot home runs. It's going to be hilarious to watch, and that I can't dude, wait. That dude, like, you don't really see it, but he is, he's, like, absolutely He's yoked. Like, he's, like, 6'4 or 5, and he's just fucking <laughs> built of muscle. And he can like, pitch, too. He can pitch yeah. effectively. Yeah, he's it's, he's pretty good. It's it's crazy. So, it really uh, is insane, and, you know, it makes you wonder, why is there even, you know, why is there even a DH? Like, come on, guys, let's be real, you know? <laughs> okay, so I was, I was looking at standings just for shits and giggles, and... <laughs> Somehow, the Diamondbacks, despite losing like 16 in a row, <laughs> are only four games worse in the win column than the Pirates right now. Like, for worst record in the league? Yeah. I mean, like, there's well, a sizable gap between, like, like, te- like if you're bad, you're really bad. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. The Orioles are the second worst team in the league. Oh. They have 23 wins. Yeah, I was going to say, the Orioles are only three games better than the Diamondbacks like, right now. Yeah, so like, the but, Diamondbacks and Orioles, yeah. the Pirates, and the Rangers are the four worst teams in baseball right now. Everyone else has like 30 Wait, the wins. Rangers are up there? I thought the Tigers would be down there. Uh-huh. I know the Tigers are I know the Tigers so, are bad, too. but The Tigers got 30 wins, bro. Wow, wow. that's so, shocking yeah, to me. So the, I mean, the only teams the Yankees, that don't so have 30 wins right now are the talking. Orioles. Every team has at least 30 wins, except for the Orioles, Rangers, Pirates, and Diamondbacks. Every other team has at least 30 wins. And I feel like in like this day and age in the MLB, it's like when you're a bad team, you're a bad team. Like There's a very sizable gap between the good teams and the bad teams. You don't see as many kind of 500 mediocre teams as much. Because the bad teams don't yeah. want to spend money even more yeah, so now spend... than they did in the past. They're like, well... Exactly. <laughs> and it really is... It, it's crazy to me that, you know, everyone everyone says, like, the NL East right now is the worst division in baseball when, like, look, they're... It's not. I mean, they, they're beating the shit out of each other. That's why they all have the record yeah. that they do. Like, they're all playing against each other. Very and evenly matched. There's, 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 one, there's matched. one team. Okay, so the competition. I understand there's one no, no, no. team Listen, above can you 500. Me, can you let me get an Edgeward in Edgeward? You, I, was the one, I was the one going first, and then you started getting in front of me. No, because all I'm saying is <laughs> they beat up on each other because they're all painfully average. They are not all of them are painfully average. I think the Braves are. There's one team above the rest. Bro, the, at Met, the, moment. the Mets. The Mets have had replacement players playing in half their lineup and are still ahead by four games. That should tell you all you need to know about that division. That's right crazy. Now. Like if the but Mets what were I'm saying fully is, healthy, I feel like the whole year they would be. If the Mets had their full lineup, they'd be probably having like something like a ten game lead right now. 
And I think the Braves, oh, yeah, for sure. the Braves have just been very, very much so underperforming so far. Yeah, and now but I, think, I, I uh, still Max would Reed but like now the, yeah. the Nationals have just won you know eight of their last ten. Like the team, like there's going to be a point when they start to figure it out, and they won't like look. The Marlins are bad. Like that is that is you know officially official, but like they're kind of floating around that point, and you're going to start to see them. I think at least start to pick it up, and you know. I'm, look, I'm happy that my Mets are in first place, but they're dropping like flies. So how long <laughs> that will last, we'll see. But I think it's just crazy to see where it's like you have obviously the National League, the National League West, which is the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Padres, and then just 40 feet of like <laughs> space in between the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, where. I thought going into the season, the Rockies would 100% be one of the worst teams in the league, and they were for the first month and a half. And then the Diamondbacks were like, hold on, we're going to do you one better, right? It's just – it, and then you you see these teams at the bottom of each division and how bad they are. Like, it it, it really is baffling to me. And then you have the Rays, who are somehow in, like, second place and are able to, you know, have a – yeah, go for Break it. Some news. Wander Franco just hit a three-run home run. Nice. The so, is officially here, boys. So here's here's what I'll say regarding <laughs> the NL East and everything. And all jokes aside, like as it stands right now, record-wise, it's the worst division in baseball. I know that necessarily doesn't reflect the teams themselves, but based on how everyone's playing outside of that division right now, they're the worst division in baseball, just collectively. Not any team particularly... Just how it is, that's literally just on paper. Every division has, like, one bad team in it, at least. Um, I know the AL East, everyone except for the Orioles is at 500 or over. Um, The AL Central is pretty much two teams and then three really bad teams. The AL West, honestly, that could be a pretty tight race towards the end if the Angels can get Trout back healthy. Because even the Mariners are two games (laughs) over 500 somehow. Really? Yeah, they're 30. Yeah, I really don't get how. They're only only seven games games from the Rays. The Mariners are only seven games out of first place right now, and they're only six behind the Athletics, who are in second. The Astros, I I saw, they're uh, starting to pull away a little bit. They only have a one game lead on the A's. um, So, I mean, but like I said, nothing really counts till the All Star break. And that's kind of when you see everyone start to break free of the pack a little bit. I I typically like to believe, like, um, the all-star break is kind of when the season like really, really turns it on and begins because that's typically yeah. when you start to see everyone start to pick Who it up. Who can they survive need to. the, you know, yeah. has the depth to survive that Contenders long become pretenders and yeah. then average teams become contenders around the all-star <laughs> break and vice exactly. versa. So it's, it, it, that that's kind of like the measuring stick for, all right, here's where we are. Let's turn on the Jets. There's like 70 games left usually around that point and see what happens. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see where the standings are in about, what is that, like a month away or so, a little less? All-star so, game soon, too. I'm terrified. I'm terrified of what the stands are going to look like, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I think the Mets are going to be fine because I don't see any of the three teams behind them really making a hard push as it stands right now. Mets are going to make the wild card The game. team I'd be the most scared of if I was the Mets is still the Nationals just because they have the best rotation outside of the Mets in that division. But they do uh, not. They do not have the best rotation outside Strasburg's of the, oh. on the IL. Corbin's Strasburg's on the year. IL. Kind of Corbin Scherzer. has been abysmal this year. <laughs> Scherzer's been up and down. And still and... look at the other rotations in the division. <laughs> well, no. I, all right. Outside of the Mets, I would say, yes, they're the best. The Phillies you know, don't really rotation. have anyone outside of Nola and Wheeler. And I don't know how Wheeler's done well, this. Well, no. Year. Nola's been terrible, but Wheeler's, Wheeler's, been, Wheeler's, awesome. Wheeler's been great, which makes me angry. But, you know. <laughs> Nola has a 3.69 ERA, so he's not been awful, first off. Let's get that. I mean, he's been awful as of late. He couldn't get out of the second inning uh, in his last start. Good pitchers have bad starts unless you're Jacob He's had a few bad starts. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. All right. All right. Anyways, All-Star game coming. I'm excited to uh, have a All-Star game again after not having one last year. That should be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. I'm sure. When do the rosters come out? Probably soon, right? I think, I think, I think the, first the first round of voting ends this Thursday, and I don't think there will be a single Met on that team <laughs> except for Jacob DeGrom and maybe yeah. Edwin Diaz. 
I, I mean, that's crazy. Edwin Diaz. Looking at that team, team, like those two guys are pretty much locks. But is there anyone else who really deserves to be an All Star on that team? No, and and that's coming for me as a Mets fan. Yeah. Like Pete Alonso came out with this whole, you know, but no one yes. really stood out as like, oh, it should be Lindor, but it's like it's been, like the Rays. Uh, a little It's like the yeah. Rays. It's really they don't really have like one guy they're relying on at the plate. Like it's just been a collective effort. Like who's stepping up tonight? And to answer your question, Brandon, it should be Lindor, but he's. He's turned on recently, but his yeah. start of the season was so bad that yeah. I can give you his splits right now if you'd really oh, like. God. <laughs> I mean, I know his splits, so it's not his, fun. But basically, the number I like to look at, the number I like to look at for offense is OPS plus. I feel like it's one good stat that yeah. kind of puts you relative to everyone else your position. League for those who don't know, league average is a hundred for OPS plus. Lindor's right now is an eighty-seven, so he's playing yep. below average at shortstop compared to the rest of the league right now. So well. Yeah. Offensively, he has been playing well, yeah, below defensively, average. But who gives a shit? Defensive? No, I care. The Mets have the best defense in the National oh, League. I go. care. Here we go. I care a lot. <laughs> um, defense doesn't matter in the current MLB. I promise you that. I think uh, the so, Mets are in first place for a reason. I think it matters a lot. They're in first place because there's no other team in the division with a winning record. <laughs> I, I think. I think he'll turn it on. What do you mean? I, they, the the, the Mets have been playing really good. I'm just saying, like. They're in first place, and they've really managed well with the injuries they've had. But I don't have to hold my breath right at a double play. Like I think that helps out a lot. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say the Yankees have a great defense, but I don't really hold my breath. I kind of just fucking say whatever. It happens. It happens. Either way, all right. All that's right. That, 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 that's enough of that. Um, so I think we should. Uh, we we covered MLB. We covered NBA. We're back. I think uh, we could wrap it up here a little bit. NHL. Praying for the Islanders, our one uh, R.I.P. Islanders. They're gonna got blown out eight nothing in their last. I game. think it was the biggest was blowout in <laughs> NHL playoff history since like two thousand one. What's the series at now? Um, uh, Lightning are up three to two. Ooh, big game in uh, the Islanders. Pretty much, well, they definitely have to, but like they have to set the tone. That's in be a the game at home, game. like it's they need home, to right? swing that momentum because if they don't, yeah. if they don't have a dominant win at home, and then you got to go. It's going to be Tampa. very hard to turn back, go into Tampa and win again. They need to have like a yeah. dominant home win, kind of like how Tampa. Huge. Game how Tampa basically Coliseum. just dominated them. They need to do that to Tampa at home right now to kind <laughs> yeah. of reverse the juju of that series. Yeah. If it's if the Islanders barely hold on and win in the Coliseum, I don't think they're winning the seventh game. Yeah, we'll see. So and that, wait. And that's my very limited knowledge of hockey take. <laughs> Is it three two or three one? It's 3-2. It's game 6 at the Coliseum tomorrow. Is this the last game ever at the Coliseum? This this could be the last game ever at the Coliseum. Oh, well, I guess if they went to the finals, then theoretically. Oh, yeah, This 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 could very well be the last game ever at the Nassau Coliseum. Wow. Tough day for you Long Islanders. Yeah, only Islanders fans because no one else thinks that building is worth a damn. Go Devils. I've never been there, but I've heard it's... It's a certified dunk. I've been there for other things. Like, I have fond memories of the old Coliseum <laughs> before they rebuilt it for, like, New York Dragons games, yeah. which were electric if you never went to an indoor fl- uh, football game. Those are pretty fun. Oh, my God. You just uh, unlocked a key memory <laughs> in my uh, Harlem Globetrotter. I haven't even too. thought of for a very long time. <laughs> so, I've been to a couple of games in my life. I'm not really a hockey person. I'll be the first to tell you that. But I've seen Harlem Globetrotters there. I've seen concerts there. I've seen some wrestling there in the past, and, I, and I've seen uh, some football there. So, I mean, it was a multi arena, and every time I've been there, I thought, wow, this place really sucks. <laughs> well, they're going to have that nice brand-new arena at Belmont. That should be fun. That might get me to go to some games. And that's oh, seriously, the, I can't yeah. wait for that. I'm going to go to so many Islanders-Devils games at that arena just because it's going to be the coolest freaking place ever. I have to go to a game there. You know, yeah. Oh, it's so funny. I was listening to Boomer and Carton on the way to work this morning, and... Um, They've already sold 15,000 seats for season tickets next Jeez. year. The arena only holds just under 18,000. <laughs> so there's going to so, be like barely any single game I think, tickets. I think Islanders fans are excited to be in a not-piece-of-shit arena. Oh, for sure. Not in Barclays Center either. Yeah, Bar- Barclays Center is a beautiful arena for basketball. I've Didn't seen other things there hockey. as well. Yeah, I've seen Conscious. I've seen wrestling there as well. I, it's not a hockey arena. I think it's stupid when the scoreboard is not center over the yeah. ice. Or half court, whatever you want to call it. I don't really. I'm not a hockey person. Either way, Barclays cool arena, not for hockey. Nassau Coliseum sucks. New arena, it's gonna be really cool. And that's talking hockey with uh, with Greg. Um, yep. <laughs> don't get yeah, used to I'm, it. I'm done. I'm done with hockey. We need Chris uh, Calzone, <laughs> yes, NHL yes, insider, in here to he talk about to that. Anyway, oh, Lord um, knows, leading we, the charge uh, of people are, on hockey are, Twitter. We're, we'll we'll wrap it up here. It's um. 
and uh, we'll, we'll probably be back next week. Um, we can uh, talk about our Yankee Stadium experience. I was our experience in the bleachers for the game against the against the, the bleachers great to blow. It was, the chicken uh, buckets will rise again. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, it was a good time. It was the one game, of course, the Yankees lost all week, having to be <laughs> the one that we were at. Um, but it was okay. It was good to be back. And that in the was stadium. your first game of the season, right? Yeah, it was for, my well, second. First, it, it, Greg, game. it was your second. Yeah, I blame Frankie for the loss. I don't know yeah. how, but it's it's Frankie's fault that the Yankees lost that game. I yeah. don't know how, but I'll, I'll figure <laughs> just, it out. Just his presence caused that. <laughs> it, it was yeah. a good time. Good to be back at stadiums, getting rowdy at games. I know. Uh, uh, hashtag sports thrown on the road. I've already been at like three Mets games. <laughs> I'm well. I'm going to uh, I'm going to the Yankees Royals game on Thursday. So uh, Ooh, oh, and and next Thursday got tickets for Yankees Angels as well. You should you should I make really sure you get to your train to on time series. for those. <laughs> I yeah, really want to go to that series. That. Because I want to see Otani, but Dude, it's during the through. week and work will hate oh. me, so I can't. Yeah, I yeah. straight up cannot go to games. And uh, I did. I so. did. I hear that painful. Uh, some somebody tweeted that it's looking like Degrom v Cole is starting to line up. No, Friday, it's not. Second, or was that it's just not complete? Um, BS? The the way that it it's set up right now is that Degrom is going to be pitching this. Uh, I he pitched on. He's probably going to be pitching this Saturday. Uh, based on it's everything, so hard to tell, this, though. he's probably gonna be like on the IL before that series even gets. No, here. no, he'll he'll be back on. He, I mean, he pitched five innings yesterday, which is you know better than three. Yeah, it's lining and up I where Garrett Cole's probably gonna pitch that Friday night game, but I don't know if Degrom's yeah. also gonna be gotcha. pitching. And it. then and who knows what'll happen in these next few weeks anyway, where that could. Be and effective. I'm going to that Saturday game where it's gonna be some no name pitcher for the Mets, so that'll be a fun <laughs> day for me. You know, whatever. And then who who goes after Cole? Because if Cole pitches on Friday, um, it would be what? It used to be Tyone. Kluber. It used to be Klube. No, Tyone pitched on Friday. So I think it's um, not Gumby. He just pitched. No, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be no, Montgomery. It's, um, would it be Herman? No. No, it might be Michael King actually tomorrow. Michael King. Oh, all so right. So not- is this game going to be drunk is what you're saying? Could be. All right. Yeah. Cool. That should be that should be a fun series, though. The Mets will have a healthy lineup of batters. They'll have a no, beaten up rotation. <laughs> no, that's literally what happened this week. We got back Conforto, McNeil, uh, yeah, and we're getting back Nimmo, and now we're losing potentially Stroman, Lucchese, yeah. and well, someone Luke- else. Lucchese's confirmed gone. He they yeah, he's he's, he's getting Tommy, Tommy John. John. He's out. The Stroman, that's. That's too bad. I don't know. To oh, be honest, yeah. I don't know. I also looked it up, and uh, Michael King is the next starter after Cole because, like I thought, he, he he's the replacement starter for Corey Kluber, and Kluber was the number two in the rotation, guys. So. I miss Corey Kluber. Yeah, he, he should be back relatively soon, I think, right? Like a couple weeks? I thought, we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but, but Tyone is the game after that, so the Yankees need to win tonight and hopefully win and win tomorrow because they're not winning when Tyone pitches. <laughs> yeah, just, clearly. Um, anyway, yeah, great to be back at the stadium. Uh, we'll be back again soon. We'll post some content from those games that we're at for sure. Um, follow us on Twitter at the, well, Sports Throne Hub is the Twitter at, and then the Instagram at, feel free to follow us. It's at the Sports Throne. Um, so like I said, we'll put out some content soon. We'll get to some games. Uh, maybe we'll do something special for the Yankees Mets series. We'll see on that. Is that that's Fourth of July weekend, right? Yeah, that's Fourth of July yeah. weekend. That'll be also, going on, so just just looked it up and mapped out the games. Uh, assume what Ryan says is right. Garrett Cole's first uh, start after the Saturday start this week would be Thursday, July first against the Braves, Whoa. right before the Yankees series. Okay. So. It's not looking like they will see Cole versus DeGrom that Friday night unless the Mets want to throw a spot start in there to make everyone really happy. Uh, I can see no, it. I rather, I rather have him pitch against divisional rivals than the Yankees. Oh, yeah, okay. selfishly, I'd rather not face Jacob DeGrom. So yeah, that'd be pretty yeah cool. that's that's that's. I'm funny. saving you guys. I'm helping you guys. Yeah, there, I, right? I, I'm, I'm very confident against our chances of anyone else in that rotation, but not Jacob yeah. DeGrom. So. Yeah, I... Yeah, it would be kind of cool if like the Yankees just tagged him for like six runs. Highly unlikely, but not gonna happen. If they have did, you seen our lineup? You couldn't even tag freaking. The I mean, I saw Degrom yeah. absolutely destroy the Yankees once in person. So you know, I'd Chris be up Bassett again, was handling but... us. So I don't really know if we're gonna <laughs> yeah. handle Jacob Degrom. I my my hopes are way. Matt up. Harvey was handling you guys. Oh, let's not talk about it, bro. Let's... We, just got, we <laughs> got our first baseman back, who was the home run champ last year. Yeah. I have I have faith that eventually this team will figure out how to hit a baseball. 
not into the ground when there's runners on base. Of course. Yeah. So shut it, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sitting, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm doing what I'm doing, man. I'm having a good time. Not really, but you know, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> all yeah. right. Anyway, that, I think we'll wrap it up right there. Um, we'll be back next week. We're gonna record all the time, right, guys? Yes, yes sir. Hope, we're trying to do it <laughs> yes, once sir. a week. At least, yes, once sir, bro. at least once a week, we'll put out some content when we can. Um, but anyways, look out for uh, our podcast in the future. Follow our social media pages. Um, and otherwise, anything else you guys want to add tonight? Follow me, guys. Sports guy, Rye guy on He's Twitter. I just tweet about the Mets making me sad all the time. Some fire I post memes great memes, too. and uh, that'll that'll you know that'll do it. Let's just hope the Mets. Don't make me sad for the next four <laughs> weeks. Follow at this is how I win underscore for pictures of Nick's memes and beds. It's great. It's great. All of us are great <laughs> Twitter follows. So uh, certainly, I'm follows. very unserious on an application. So have some fun <laughs> and follow me. All right, perfect. Well, hope you guys both have a good night, and we'll see you next week. You as well. All right, see you guys next week. Peace. Peace out. Later. <laughs>